I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, everybody. Today we have with us Ariel Astoria, poet, speaker, author, actor, model, all around magical being. And to put it into her beautiful words, she creates words and experiences that create spaces for feeling and healing through poetry, keynotes, workshops, or media storytelling. The goal is to feel and feel deeply. Ah, that's so beautiful. Um, Ariel, I am pumped that you're here. As I told you before, like I am legitimately fangirling like I'm just trying to be cool um so thank you so much for joining us uh, can you tell us your rosebud thorn today like what's awesome what's not awesome and what's something you're looking forward to mm, I think my thorn today would have to be having that real fun hey, Christmas is going to look kind of different this year conversation. Mm -hmm. You would think that it would, it's like a universal, everyone is just on the same page, but that is, that's not the case for a lot of us. And so, um, yeah, just not looking forward to having those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, but my rose would be like, regardless of where we go or don't go, people still aren't going to be really working those few days. So I'm looking forward to a rest. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. looking forward to just a break and um, my husband and I will both be off. And so um, I'm just looking forward to that time together as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, that is, so. I, I think just like even narrowing in on having the conversation of mm -hmm. Christmas is going to be different this year. I think mm -hmm. 2020 has been a weird season of like social, there's no social expectation. There's no clear, like, this is the appropriate way to set your boundaries around quarantine. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it, it makes it harder, you know, because we're all, I mean, we're very different humans and we're kind of sitting on different levels right now about, you know, what is and what isn't safe and what that looks like for each person. It, it, it has, you know, varied. And so I think we're just, realizing the extent of our individuality within the extent of our need to be um, community oriented and other focused. And um, yeah, that's hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful way to phrase it. Like we're kind of, we are like, we're navigating this balance between what does it mean to be an individual, but also to recognize like we do need each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I think that's like a pretty awesome segue into what Enneagram type you are <laughs> because <laughs> you're the individualist. I am. I am a four. Um, yeah. And I, I am until I'm not. I, I also have the upbringing of being the oldest child um, of a big family, um, being a pastor's kid. Um, so I have a lot of the, I'm an individual, um, but it, it shows up not in like, well, it does show up and I'm an island and I only need me until I don't, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So it's like finding that balance of it for sure. Um, but yeah, I am a, I am a true thriving four. <laughs> I love that. Um, how did you find the Enneagram and how did you figure out that you were like that you identified with four? 
Yeah, I found the Enneagram through just a lot of different conversations, obviously a lot of Instagram spaces. Um, it was kind of like a circling in my community. I My background is psychology, so I'm kind mm-hmm. of prone to personality conversations and things like that. And so I, um, yeah, it just had just been popping up in a lot of different areas. And I was like, ooh, learning more about myself and others. Yes, please. Um, and so I started really diving into it. And I, the first resource I came across was um, Beth McCord. She's like the your Enneagram coach. And then also Sleeping at Last, um, who is a musician and an artist who has written songs for each Enneagram type. And me being a four and loving instrumental and beautiful music, I've loved um, Sleeping at Last for years and years now. So when I heard his version of uh, of the fourth song, I literally wept. Um, I just mm. cried. I felt so seen and yet so musically. Like I feel very, I have a very deep connection to music, and I feel like mm. someone had just put and matched melody um, to my heart in existence, and that was just an overwhelming feeling. So mm-hmm. um, that was really the song at first. I was like, I'm not a four. I feel like I'm more of a peacemaker. You know, I feel like I'm maybe other things are not different. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and, and then I listened to that song and I said, oh, yes, I feel so seen. Um, and then the other thing was hearing Beth McCord explain the fours. And she put it so beautifully. She said, um, this is what really, I think, kind of not broke it, but really solidified it for me was, she said fours and all of their attempts to find and create beauty. When you relate that back to faith, she was like, they create and they're trying their best to get back to the garden as it was in its perfection and in its goodness, Mm -hmm. like everything they create and everything they're trying to do within their existence is to get back to that original goodness. And again, that wrecked me. And I was like, Yes, exactly. You know, but I even I didn't. I'm a poet also, but I didn't. I didn't know how to convey that until it was mm-hmm. conveyed to me. So, um, that is those were the spaces that really um allowed me to tap deeper into the Enneagram conversation. Uh, I love hearing that. I love, like, I think there's such a beautiful element of the Enneagram that is just language. Like we're giving language to a feeling. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know, thinking of you as a poet and I think even as a type four, like our one of the the strengths that I see in type four so often is this ability to experience life mm-hmm. and communicate it authentically to so that the rest of us feel more able to just be human. Yeah. And I see that so much in your work. Um, mm-hmm. Is it hard? Like, because for me digesting it, right? It's just like beneficial to me. <laughs> But for you, you've lived it, you know, like you're living through it. You're putting yourself out there. You're being vulnerable every day. Um, Does that ever, is that ever like rub up against people or is that difficult at times? Um, It definitely has its difficulty at times. I, I definitely Mm -hmm. have to find the balance of, um, of saving sacred for myself, you know, Mm -hmm. um, of it not always being um, this shared thing. I think starting starting to date really shifted that for me 
um, especially dating um, a very true Enneagram five. Uh, mm-hmm. This is very just like, yeah, I just deleted the app one day because I wanted to. <laughs> I'm like, oh, did you? Wow. Okay. That's how awesome for you. Um, and so um, being able to find those sacred moments and to keep some for yourself, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think the difficulty is that the difficulty is um, not everyone gets the fullness of you, but in the space that I, I sit in, especially within um, within my work, I, I want to be known by people, you know, like I want them to feel like they know me. I think that's where trust, you know, a lot of times comes in to be able to tap into those vulnerable spaces. So really finding that um, balance um, to do those things, both to invite people in and also, um, yeah, save some secret for myself and Um, I think there obviously are people, you know, that I interact with and have met along the way who are first very opposing to the like, why, why do you try to make me feel things or, you know, I still have friends who are like, oh, I can't be around you because I just cry every time. (laughs) So I definitely have have those moments that I'm like, you're welcome, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And how does that make you feel? Um, And so, um, (laughs) Yeah, I think that's mostly what it, what I think the biggest difficulty is just learning to keep some of that for myself. Yeah, yeah. I um, you know, I will say my I'm so I'm a type 7, and my husband's a type 4. Mm-hmm. And there's this like there is a lot of that time where I'm like, "Oh, why are you trying to make me feel?" But then, you know, after my dad, so my I had my dad pass tragically and mm-hmm. it was really just a deep season of sorrow for me and I hadn't like he was there, you know, like he there he didn't miss a beat and like, okay, we're sad. Like, all right, we're gonna I'm gonna meet you in the sad place and you're not alone. And that was so healing as someone who's in a relationship to a four, like just to be a like he would he didn't even bother him at all. He was like unfazed. <laughs> yes, we don't we don't mind um that because we sit there all the time, you know, like w- being able to bring people into our constant state of existing is kind of nice. I think there's an element that makes us feel less overwhelmed by it, you know, or less mm-hmm. daunted by it. Um, to be able to invite people into that feeling space and have an exchange, because a lot of times, I don't think, at least for me personally, it feels like an exchange. A lot of times I feel like I'm just carrying it, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you invite people into that space, it's an exchange. It's like you hold some and I hold some. And we can still breathe in between, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've touched on this a little bit, but what elements of your type structure do you feel like have served you well in your life? Hmm. Well, I think the creative aspect of who I am in terms of like the creating beautiful things, like that, that is my whole existence. Um mm-hmm. And I love, I've always loved that part of myself um, to be able to create and or see the beautiful things, bring light mm-hmm. to the beautiful things. Um, and and also just, yeah, in that, my my striving to, to be authentic to myself in the process of like, okay, how would I do this? You know, I'm mm-hmm. very aware of like, Okay, they're they're doing that similarly and they're doing that similarly, but I'm very aware of the fact that like I have been gifted to do it a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. that makes sense within my my DNA. And I think that helps a lot of times within the creative industry because then 
you know, the opposite is just to be internally comparing yourself, which I still do. Um, but then I always find, you know, that that reminder of kind of like, no, this is you, this is you, you know, you're going to do this how you've been gifted to do it. And so I think those are the elements that I always appreciate about my fullness. Yeah. You touched on a little bit of that comparison and I know that you started in spoken word and I can't imagine that that was an easy combination of things. Yes. I mean, when I first started with poetry, I I started in the lens of theater. Uh, mm. So it was this permission to step into other people's perspectives um, this is also where my psychology came in. I was just like, I want to understand people, you know, um, mm-hmm. and in the process, I'll understand myself, um, but I, I want to understand people if I'm going to be in the fields that I'm going to be in. And I, I didn't know at the time, but I knew I was going to work with people to some capacity. And so mm-hmm. it was like, okay, how, how then do I want to be love them best if I and by understanding them and so stepping into theater and stepping into these characters and these complexities and experiences that either connected me back to my own or felt very outside of my own um and it was through sharing those stories of people who have lived um but who aren't anymore and their grief and their happenings that allowed me than to step into my own um, and convey that to others so that they can find mm-hmm. a thread of their own connection and their own story. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I ventured into that. It was first, okay, how do I become another person? How do I step into another person? And then it's like, oh, then how do I become myself? You know, and step mm-hmm. into the fullness of who I am in the process. Yeah. When you... Let's pretend for a second that like you don't have a name, you don't have a job, Mm. all is stripped away and like there's just like this essence energy of a being. Mm. Who is that? Whoa. Big Um, question. Big question. Okay. When you say, when you say who is that, Mm -hmm. like how do I describe, I mean, is that a person am I describing the person yeah I'm making this up as we go so I don't we decide (laughs) yeah um it's so funny my husband just did something similar to this with um with Michael Gunger he was like you're not John you're oneness and so my husband Mm. was trying to like process through that with me and I was like interesting but I think I struggled with that first because it was like, well, if I'm not Ariel, then who am I? You know, and, mm-hmm. and then it's like, well, who who is Ariel? And you go into the spiral of of stripping identities, of stripping categories, of stripping roles, you know, of stripping associations. What mm-hmm. remains, you know? And I I think mostly of I don't know. I don't have a person in my head to be honest. Yeah. I see I see both this ball of light just light just a ball of light and I also see this like meadow field um and there are like little daisies and wildflowers just kind of popping up but there are no humans there are no animals it is just this field and it is untouched um it is in in its essence perfect um yeah, I think that those are the two things I think of when you ask me that. I love that field. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Um, I actually think like what I asked you is a little bit cruel because it's kind of like flipping. <laughs> it's kind of like flipping the for overthinking switch. You know, and it's kind of like, oh, here's the thing that you're not like that you your essence of your your fears and, and <laughs> your worldviews of like what you're supposed yeah. to worry about. Like let's yeah. let's turn that on. Yeah. Um so, sorry about that. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um so in in your life, has there been a time where you've been really surprised by yourself? Like you thought you would show up one way and you've shown up completely different? Hmm. Yeah, in this uh, in this season of life right now, I I am um, continuously in awe of who looks back at me in the mirror. Um, I think I've shared, you know, with friends and things like that that this I feel like um this season of life with all its difficulties and with all its different um experiences that we've had I still feel the the most grounded the most aware of myself um and Mm. probably the most free um I've ever I've ever felt before um Mm. I feel like this wide open horizon for curiosity and for knowledge about myself about love about faith about God and everything in between um Mm. And so, yeah, I definitely, I'm, all of that is coming out of a very hard place um, of, of not trusting myself or not thinking I could trust myself, mm-hmm. of not knowing that I could trust myself in the decisions I was making, um, of being told and in, in, um, attempted to be rerouted and interventioned um, that where I was going here um was not the route for me um Mm -hmm. and yet I felt like it was and so I'm on the other end of like you did it you trusted yourself Mm -hmm. and look where you are um Mm -hmm. and every day I'm constantly um baffled by that yeah yeah um I mean I think that that is it's hard for all of us Mm -hmm. um but but I can't, you know, I know that that can often be something that people who identify with type four um, maybe struggle with a, even more than some of us for different reasons. Yeah. Um, so I think like it, it's probably hopeful to hear on the other side of like trusting, like mm-hmm. you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, not only are you going to be okay, because I think it's like that when we're like, hey, it's going to be okay. A lot of times that's said usually in the thing, right? Like it's storming and it's raining and someone just has to like keep us calm, you know, enough to get out of the rain. But I think, you know, while I was in it, I, that was what I needed to tell myself and what other people were telling me. And now I'm like, I didn't know I was going to be okay. I was being told that I was, but now I can't, now I know um, because I'm working towards, I'm working towards accepting that right? Like mm-hmm. I'm working towards embracing that. And so, yeah, it's like not, I needed to, I needed to hear it while in it. And now I know now it's even more so like, oh, you're, you're, you're more than okay. You know, like you always yeah. been more than okay. You just needed that initial reminder and here we are, you know, but like, 
yeah, it definitely gets daunting for a moment to feel like you're not <laughs> going to be mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that phrase like you are you've always been more than okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important for our for force to hear like you have always been more than okay. That is so big. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um so you are pretty multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of areas in which you're pouring your your time and your energy into. Um do you feel like you've really digested like how impressive you are? <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. I have a lot of, a lot of days where I'm just like, oh, who are you? And not in just like a disgusted ways, but like, I often ask myself, who do you think you are? You know, like I'll do projects or I'll have, you know, events or whatever. And it's just like, who do you think you are? Which I think this is, might be what keeps me humble. Um, but no, I, I very much so. Um, do not let myself entirely sit in that space a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I think about when people see, and I, I'm thinking of like, if I'm a younger type four um, and I'm seeing you like pouring your energy and your heart and your you're creating beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you know, you seem so expansive mm-hmm. Um and I would just think, oh, she's figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got it. They've got it together. And yeah. I don't have the thing that would make me feel like they clearly feel. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you shed a little bit of light onto that gap between belief and what's possible, or you know, and choosing to know like I have it. I have what I need to do the things I want to do. Mm-hmm. Or if that feeling ever goes away, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's a balance of like, I don't have this. Mm-hmm. And I, and then again, I absolutely do. Or, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. You do not have this. And then you, you <laughs> continuously surprise yourself. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't, the question of like, you, I mean, from outside eyes, you've made it, right? And you're like, what? does that even mean you know and <laughs> and where is it and if I'm still here how then have I made it you know like does it make me mean there's a, a isn't it finished isn't it finite after that then is there no more going anywhere is there no more learning is there no more new experiences that you find joys or no more embracing another layer of who you are and so I'd constantly go in that space of like I feel very confident until I don't, you know, and then mm-hmm. I do, and then I don't, you know, and then I have it, and I know what I'm doing, and I think of it, like, even as silly as when, you know, like, posting on Instagram, I'm like, these last couple of posts I've made, I feel confident about, I feel authentic in, they weren't, you know, um, just to post something, they weren't just, I feel very sure, that was not the last you know, 10 to 12 posts I made, I was just posting because I was like, oh, this is my job. This is something I, this is part of it, you know, but like these last couple ones, I'm like, no, these were, I was excited to share those. It had nothing to do with how people responded to it and everything to do with where I was at. I apply that, you know, to work Mm -hmm. and to life. Like, I'm like, no, this is it. 
this is the project, this is how it's going to go. And then there's some things where you're like, oh, I'm just doing this because this feels like the next best thing. And there's that balance um, mm-hmm. of being both. But I think at this point, I, I trust my gift. Um, I trust my um, my wisdom. I trust my, li- my lived experiences up until this point. Um, and that is where I think the confidence really flows out of. Yeah. I mean, I hear you integrating, creating when you feel like creating, but also creating sometimes when you don't. And mm-hmm. I think that that is, I mean, that's, I, that's like really impressive for anyone you know, of any type. Um, it's hard to keep showing up when you don't know that it's going to, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't, there's this like magic. I don't know if you feel this, but like, like there's this like magic moment where you're like, everything's aligned. I'm connected. I'm feeling connected yeah. to this and creating out of that place is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that you're saying, yeah. And I create when it's not there. Yeah. Well, cause I think otherwise then we, it's kind of like, you know, the stereotype with artists, we only create when we're depressed or when mm-hmm. we're sad. And I think that's kind of the same mentality of like, well, then no wonder all my stuff is extremely sad and depressing because that's the only space in which I create out of. What if I attempted to create out of joy? What if I also attempted to create out of grief? What if I also tried to create out of not knowing, you know, and the mystery of things? And so I think for me, it's like obviously not pushing yourself if that's not what's there, but also challenging allowing the challenge um allowing the growth to happen it's kind of like you know as you're working out and you you do reach walls eventually and and then you find little moments to push past and and to show up stronger and still equipped um and I think that's something I'm always kind of be like I'm always trying to be intentional with of like I don't feel like it here but maybe this is the best time to create something Mm-hmm. Gosh, that is that. I mean, that's. I think for all of us, it's good to hear um, because I think that sometimes when we, I know that I get questions like this all the time, like, "Well, do you just always feel inspired?" And no, of course not. Um, yeah, and I and I think standing behind, like you said, I trust my gift, and oh, that's so good. You know, it's just, yeah, sometimes I show up and I do the thing that I do and I trust that people will be impacted no matter how I feel in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think ultimately it's that reminder of like, yes, I have been given this gift, but at the end of the day, um, it's not for me necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, Gifts are, 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 are given um, gifts can also be received, but I think this type of gift, yes, was given to me, but it wasn't necessarily given to me for the receptive aspect. I think mm-hmm. it was given to me um, to then do um, um, the giving so that the receptive aspect comes into fruition. And so I'm constantly reminded um, that they live inside of me, but they're these words and, and these um, encouragements and these poems and things like that they live inside of me but they're not always for me and um, there are some pieces that are very much so for me there are some quotes and poems and things that are so much for me and then there are those that I know 
are for a human in this big world that I may or may not be associated with Mm. and it's in that space that I'm reminded this is bigger um, than your uh, momentary uninspiredness you know this is bigger um, than the moment where you probably have the words you're just too afraid you know or (laughs) unwilling to share them not only because they speak back to you but they also speak to other people and I think um I I kind of learned early on of like this this is bigger than me um Mm -hmm. and it's it's bigger than how I may feel in the moment yeah I mean I imagine kind of holding that perspective and seeing it as like this is something for everyone would help so much in that like I don't have the drive I don't have the motivation because there's so much to tap into um in terms of like giving, yeah, using it as an opportunity to give. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's like ultimately, um, yeah, what I want my life to be about, you know, like when my physical body is not here, um, when, when I'm not here, what is, you know, and I think about Mm -hmm. legacy a lot in that regard of like the thing that, that outlives your physical self, um, and um, what I want that to be. Yeah. If you were to share any kind of words of wisdom for a someone who is like identifying as a type four, um, who's maybe a little bit sooner in their journey with it um, than you are, what would you share with them? I think especially for growing up, um, I wish I had known about, you know, the Enneagram at 13. I don't think I really would have understood it, Um, but I kind of wish I would have known about it. I think I would have felt um, less crazy. Um, I think I would have felt, you know, like less different um, Mm -hmm. than everyone else. If I had, if I had this, this thing we this knowledge we've been gifted with to understand you know the reasons why we stand out the reasons why we're so unique the reasons why we're so different um I wish I would have known then that, that those are those are the the parts about me those are my superpowers you know that is what makes up part of who Ariella Storia is you know like and and I I think I spent a lot of time trying not to be those things um I spent a lot of time trying to be everything else you know and figure out well why am I not more like so and so or why am I not more like this and I'm like oh I know now that was never meant to be my DNA Mm -hmm. you know that was never meant to be my makeup and and so encouraging um, those who are sorting and figuring out to embrace all the aspects in which we are, you know, what is deemed the snowflake, you know, and, and embrace all the different um, angles in which you ebb and flow and show up in this world. Um, and yeah, that you have so much value um, mm-hmm. and that perfection is never the goal. Um mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, to lean into as you are and the fullness of who you are in this present moment. Mm. I like that you said perfection is never the goal. I think 
we talk about the perfectionism in type ones, but we don't really talk about what I think can often be more painful form of perfectionism in our fours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you've said it perfectly. It is, um, it is painful. And I'm, I'm even more so, I think coming into the space that I'm in now of, of looking back and like, I mean, that, that, that desire was crippling. Mm-hmm. Um, it was its own cage and I had no idea until it unlocked. And it was like, uh, I think I was really mm-hmm. assessing like, Oh, well, I'm afraid to be that different. You know, like I'm afraid mm-hmm. to be, um, to be that not per- as perfect, you know, as I thought I was supposed to upheld. And then I really had to ask myself, but like, were you afraid or was that actually a part of the conditioning, you know, that you Mm -hmm. had to be in the first place? Maybe you truly do thrive in not stepping over people and just kind of, I'm going to do me and I'm going to know, but like asserting and staying grounded in that audacity um, of who you are and the trusting of your decisions and the gifts and, and how you are meant to show up in this world. Um, and allow that to be what fuels your awareness of other people around you um, is really what it was for me. And so, yeah, really sitting in that space of like, um, yeah, a lot of it, I think most of my anxiety came from that. Um, most mm-hmm. of my panic attacks came from that. Me trying to be and live up to something that mm-hmm. I wasn't. And perfection is not it. We weren't, we, we weren't entirely designed for that. You know, even when I think we thought we were, you know, like it wasn't, that wasn't it, you know? And so really, really coming out of that space of like, oh, honey, shed, shed that skin, you know, that Mm -hmm. just no, that no longer fits. Um, So let's make room for what does. Gosh, there's so much releasing of shame in that of just like, this isn't, this isn't something I'm, I am not something to be ashamed of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, that's really what it comes down to because when we don't live up to that um, said perfection or said way of being, then that automatically equates us not being something but that's mm-hmm. not it. You know, that wasn't it. It was just, that was not something you were meant to be. And that's okay. You know, and embracing that, but it really is, it's hard to, to admit and, and, and um, face at first, like this doesn't, there just doesn't mean that there's a deficit in me. Um, this means that um, I've been trying to fill a, a void in an existence that I never was meant to. Mm. I would, will you say that last sentence again? Yeah. You know, this doesn't, you're in the flow. A deficit in me. Um, but this, it does mean that I was trying to fill a void in an existence that I was never made to. Um, Mm. We don't tell, you know, um, ducks to be dogs you know like we don't tell um birds to stay on the ground you know like we don't we don't limit especially parts of nature a whole lot so why why do we do that to ourselves Mm -hmm. um 
why do we tell someone they can't show up in the exact structure and DNA and existence that they were made to? That, mm-hmm. that contradicts so much. Um, mm-hmm. And we wonder why there's so much in this world that still has to be done and mm-hmm. healing that needs to be had because we keep telling those healers and those fixers that they're supposed to be something else. Yeah. 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 And like, you were never the broken one. Like, you were never the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ah, I could do this forever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take us into the rapid fire questions. Are okay. you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Um, all right. So the first book that comes to mind. Oh, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm, another wonderful four. Mm-hmm. I love her. <laughs> Me too. Uh, your favorite song? Currently, I have a lot of favorite songs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In this current moment, um, Vitamins by Queen Herbie is like my motivation jam this week. Awesome. Um, something you wish people knew about you? Um... I wish people knew about me. Um, well, this is just my own. I like really love accents. Um, I love listening to them. I love repeating them. So something is I can do with a not bad um, British accent. And I used to do it a lot um, growing up. And so sometimes it comes out and sometimes it doesn't. That would be so much fun when I was like a teenager and I was trying to pretend like I – lived somewhere else yes it definitely helped the thespian any of them or was nostalgic for places and things she's never known or been a part of it definitely helped feel all of that for sure that was spot that was spot on um your dream day what are you doing i am having brunch at a really cute cafe on the beach and then going to the beach to sit and read and be for lunch we get some charcuterie and baguette and we go back to the beach and sunset there um and yeah pretty much just being at the beach all day (laughs) I love that that's perfect. Yeah. Your final meal, what are you eating? Probably something breakfast. Um, either waffles or pancakes or all of it. Just like a full-on breakfast spread of all the options with mimosas, of course. Yes. Have you ever seen Gossip Girl? I haven't, actually. Okay. It's only worth it to see the breakfast spreads. Like I wouldn't really recommend the rest of the show, but the breakfast spreads are like on point. They always have like fruit and croissants and it's like yeah. a Monday morning and they're oh, like, here's our here breakfast. Yes. And that. it is like inspiring. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay. So my final question for you today is we end every episode with a food for thought. Um, so just something that people can think on or ponder on today. What would you give them? 
I think as we're wrapping up this year, um, I know there was a lot of things that didn't happen and didn't come into fruition or, um, or yeah, I think there's a lot of longing, you know, for what wasn't. And so I guess my, my statement or my little food for thought would be, um, the good things didn't miss you, you know, like the, mm. the blessings haven't missed you. Like they're still coming. The ones that are for you are still coming. Um, and just because this year, um, was a dumpster fire, um, it doesn't mean, yeah, that you, that what's coming and what's good has missed you. There's, it's, yeah, they're still coming. Yeah. I love that. That's perfect. Um, so I know people are going to want to get in touch with you. So how can they find you online? Where do you, where are you at? Yes. You can find me at all things. Ariel Astoria, that's A-R-I-E-L-L-E-E-S-T-O-R-I-A. You can also find me on Twitter for a not-so-aesthetic part of me, and um, as well as iTunes and Spotify if you're looking for my poetry and music, um, and then my website where you can find my books and um, mugs that remind you that you're magic. Perfect. Thank you absolutely like so, so much for being here. Um, this episode was beautiful and you are just a bright light. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.